This is the Lubetkin on Communications podcast for Monday, March 21st, 2016. Welcome to the Lubetkin on Communications podcast. This is Steve Lubetkin, your host. We talk to various people in the communications field, whether they are public relations practitioners or journalists. In this program, we present a panel discussion. It's a Meet the Media panel produced by the Public Relations Society of America's Delaware chapter. It took place March 14th in Christiana, Delaware, near Wilmington. And the panel discussion included Chris Coates of the Wilmington News Journal, Amy Cherry, Assistant News Director of WDEL News Radio, Shirley Min of WHYY, the public broadcasting outlet in Philadelphia and Wilmington, and Jose Samalo of Oyen Delaware, the Hispanic publication serving the Latin American community throughout Delaware. Moderating the panel and introducing the panelists is Leon Tucker, the president of the PRSA Delaware chapter. He is the director of communications for Habitat for Humanity in Newcastle County, Delaware. saying this isn't everybody's shop, but there are decisions that are being made um, 
among our, our company and organization leaders um, that uh, are being made without the benefit of your expertise. Um, so what I'd like for you to do is just to continue to be great at what you do. Um, it takes a special kind of person to do what we do. Uh, so I encourage you to take heart that uh, while uh, it may not uh, in your uh, in your office it may not be received in that fashion, know that you have a family with Public Relations Society of America, Delaware chapter that appreciates you and what you have to offer not only not only your organizations and your companies but society as a whole, which is the service of accurate information. So with that. Again, I'd like to thank you all for coming. Uh, on behalf of Public Relations Society of America, this is a wonderful group, and I, I hope you uh, enjoy this. So I personally want to give you a round of applause for taking the time out this morning to invest in your career and your company. Thank you. Um, before we move on to our esteemed panel, I did want to take a minute to uh, introduce uh, your, your board. Um, she's the director of the Food Bank of Delaware and your president-elect. Uh, please join me in saying thank you and welcoming my friend, Kim Turner. Stand up, Kim. And this lady is the director of communications for the Delaware Community Foundation and she's also your secretary, Allison Taylor Levine, APR. Where is she? There she in the back. Look at her. Look at all good and official. <laughs> She's the director of public relations for the Associated Builders and Contractors and your treasurer again, Gene Tolman. Where's Brittany? Stand up, Brittany. Brittany, Brittany is the communications officer at the Rodell Foundation. That's right, give it up. And um, the Director of Public Relations uh, at Wilmington University and our Delaware board member and National Delegate Lori Ditt should not be here, but I know she's here in spirit. Um, our other board members are uh, the Director of Corporate Communications at Navigant, and she's also our immediate uh, past president. And you guys know her and love her as much as I do, Nikki Lavoy, and she wishes she could be here as well. And these, again, are talented uh, men and women who work tirelessly to serve you and the rest of our friends in the Delaware Communications Ministry. So again, please uh, join me in saying thank you to them. <laughs> By the way, did I introduce myself? <laughs> I'm Leon Tucker. I'm the Director of Communications at Habitat Humanity in Newcastle County. Now to our now to our esteemed guests. We're going to start all the way over to my right. For the past year, Chris Coates has been the News Journal's watchdog editor. Prior to joining the News Journal, Chris served as editor of the Sioux City Journal in Sioux City, Iowa. Chris became editor of the, of the journal in 2013, where he was previously managing editor of news, news and sports. He joins the Sioux City paper as city editor in 2011 from the Suburban Journal of Greater St. Louis, where he was managing editor of the Illinois Publications. A Trenton, Michigan native, Coates is a Columbia College uh, of Chicago graduate 
and worked as a business reporter in LA. Um, he's the man at the News Journal. Give it up for Chris Coates. At seven foot three, weighing in at 250 pounds, <laughs> Amy Cherry is the assistant news director and award, and she's also an award-winning general assignment reporter and anchor with WDELAM. What is uh, what's the FM? 1017. 1017. Okay, great. Um, she joined WDEL, the WDEL news team in 2010 from WBZ News Radio, uh, 1030 in Boston. Amy is also president and co-founder. You still president? I am still president. Okay, president and co-founder of Society of Professional Journalists Chapter of Delaware. Amy was named nationally as the top 30 under 30 in audio by radio and internet news in 2014. She's earned the esteemed honor of best in show in 2013 from the Associated Press, beating out reporters in major markets in the Mid-Atlantic uh, area for the title. She's also been named Best Reporter by the Chesapeake Associated Press Broadcasters Association four years in a row. Amy's a four-time regional Edward R. Murrow Award winner for her investigative and feature reporter reporting. Uh, with that, Steve, uh, uh, as ever, uh, join me in welcoming Amy Cherry. Uh, and next, this lady, special lady, um, WHYY's first uh, is Delaware's public public media mag news magazine. Each Friday night at 5:30 and 11, first explores issues ranging from our economy and education to the arts and culture that make up the first state. My friend Shirley joined first in January 2011. She came from North Carolina where she worked at the NBC affiliate uh, WNCN in Raleigh as an anchor and reporter. Moving to Delaware has been somewhat of a homecoming for Shirley since she is a Radnor PA native. Shirley got her start in television in Philly reporting traffic for the Fox, 20, for Fox 29 as a reporter for which now is a CW affiliate. Uh, she graduated from NYU with a degree in broadcast journalism and East, East Asian studies. And she's got two of the most beautiful kids I've ever seen in my life. Okay. Give it up, ladies and gentlemen, for my friends. And last but certainly not least, um, guys, as the Delaware demographics continue to change, the most dynamic force uh, over the last 20 years has been the emerging economic, political, and cultural uh, power that is the Latino community. Over roughly the same period, the Delaware newspaper of record chronicling uh, this change has been and continues to be at Oyen, Delaware. From soccer games to weddings, high school graduations to small business uh, grand openings, Oyen, Delaware features events, education, finance, health issues, and plenty of other information. It also reflects the hopes, aspirations, and challenges facing the community comprised of immigrants from Mexico, Guatemala, Central America, and other nations in the Delaware Latino uh, diaspora. Uh, Oil in Delaware is a monthly publication that circulates about 9,000 issues across three count the three counties of Delaware and hosts a current print readership of 50,000. It is also on social media, specifically Facebook. Uh, it's available in both Spanish and English and aims to bridge the understanding among all inhabitants throughout the first state. Friends, please welcome Jose Somalo.
So what I'd like to do is uh, give each of the panelists uh, around five minutes uh, or less uh, to uh, just talk a little bit about uh, what your specific role in your respective newsrooms are um, and uh, what you do on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, Chris, sure. you want to start? Yeah. So um, watchdog editor means I'm in charge of investigations. So I put together our big public service packages, the one over the weekend on um, transportation and 301, uh, long distance commuters over the weekend. Um, and that means that I work with reporters throughout the week to talk about story ideas and multimedia and photos and data and digging into FOIA and that sort of thing. But I also supervise um, our state house coverage and also uh, Wilmington coverage in uh, Newcastle County coverage. So uh, each day is uh, chaotic, I would say, is the best word, but it's a lot of fun. Um, it's a lot of um, being creative on your feet. I think you'll hear that from all of us, that creativity is really important to us. Um, and I don't know what I'm getting into each day. I have an idea, but um, I can't roll with the punches. And that's it. That's probably my, my day. Each day is different. Thank you, Chris. Yeah. And, and yeah, I'm going to piggyback a little bit off what you said about how each day is different, and I think that's really why I love my job so much. When I wake up, for the most part, I have no idea what I'm going to be doing. I mean, today I knew I was coming here, so this is a little different, but otherwise I don't, I don't even know what my assignment is for after this uh, yet. So I'll find out probably between 8.30 and 9 a.m. Um, so I love that everything's a little bit different. Um, balancing that with some of my managerial uh, roles that I have at WDEL can be a bit of a challenge, but it's a good thing. Um, I'm managing our part-time staff, which is awesome to say that we were working to really beef that up. We are hiring. Uh, and I manage a team of about five reporters there. Um, secondly, what I do then now that we've beefed up kind of our full-time staff as well, I'm able to focus on a lot more kind of investigative stuff, in-depth stuff, some of the stuff that I think has a higher impact. Um, so I am still covering day-to-day -day assignments and whatnot, but I really like to focus on some of those opportunities to tell more long-form stories right now. Um, I also produce a weekly education segment, so education, while not necessarily my beat, whenever it comes up, I do tend to cover it. So if we've got any education folks in the room, that is one of my bigger areas of coverage. So, so I'll echo Chris and Amy. Newsroom t uh, work is very different. Um, you do get to meet a lot of really interesting people. You get to do some fun things and get access that you otherwise might not be able to. Um, at WHYY, my title's producer, reporter, host. I mean, it's public television, so I wear a lot of hats. <laughs> um, and we're always looking for members. Just had to put that out there. Um, but, you know, it's just, it's a little slower pace than what's going on in the News Journal newsroom and the DEL newsroom. Um, our stories are longer form. Our deadlines are a little uh, further down the road. So it's not as frantic of a pace. Um, we do have a lot of specials coming up, so it's not that things aren't crazy, but it's just not a day-to-day, -day, I'm meeting an end-of-day deadline, um, the way that these, these folks are. Um, so I like to do all sorts of stories. I'm general assignment. We don't really have beats, but I tend to fall into environmental, pets, love pets, um, and veteran stories. So that's sort of what I gravitate towards and what usually comes my way. So please bring those ideas to me. Um, even if you think it's nothing, I can kind of figure it out. I'll figure that part out. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. I mean, I just love talking to people and, and telling stories. 
Okay. <coughs> and uh, I am Jose Somalo with the uh, Hispanic Publish, uh, public, uh, newspaper, Hoy in Delaware. Um, we have been in business, we are celebrating 20 years. We are the uh, largest and longest Hispanic newspaper in Delaware. Um, we cover the entire state of Delaware. We have offices currently in Georgetown, and we are opening an office right here in, uh, in Wilmington. Uh, we have it already, and we are making some renovations. Um, and we are kind of a mix of a little bit of uh, both, and uh, we work on a short-term uh, news, uh, as well as some kind of a medium, long-term uh, information that, uh, uh, that is of interest to our, to our readers. We cover and uh, we work with the Hispanic community and, uh, as a minority group, and, uh, but not so much of a, of a minority. We are almost 10% of the population, and we have grown a, a, a lot in the last uh, 25 years. With the census of uh, 2000, we were about 3 to 4%. The, the census of uh, uh, 2010, we were almost 9% officially of the population of Delaware. Uh, we have been overlooked a lot by the uh, established, uh, establishment, whether it's media, government, politics, etc. So that gives us a, an ample uh, territory for us to cover and to serve the population, most of us newcomers and uh, first generation in the, uh, in, the, in the state. And uh, that's what we do. We work with that, that community. We use print and we use a lot of uh, Facebook, uh, social media. Facebook is being embraced by uh, the Hispanic community, the same as uh, the, uh, the established community. So we use that on a day-to-day -day, uh, uh, basis, and uh, we print out our newspaper on a monthly basis. Okay, great. Thank you, guys. Um, I wanted to, to leave as much time as possible for Q&A. Uh, uh, so if you, you have questions, uh, get ready to ask them. Uh, I, I ask that you uh, project so the rest of the room can hear you, as you know, there's no, uh, I'm the only person that you can hear since I'm obviously the most important person in the room. <laughs> uh, joking. Uh, but I, I want to kick off the question and answer session by asking you guys to be brutally honest uh, about this question I'm about to ask. And um, that is, can each of you tell us what your your impressions, initial impressions, overall general impressions about uh, members of the PR community uh, and how they approach you is. Um, the reason I'm asking that is I think there's, there can be some uh, apprehension uh, on, the, on the part of some PR professionals to approach you uh, because there's a stigma that, uh, that exists, and I know this personally because I used to work in the newsroom myself, that you know we're bugaboos and uh, we don't want to bug you, we don't want to burn out um, uh, our opportunities connect. So can each of you all be brutally honest about how you view members of the PR community uh, and what is the nature of your relationship uh, with uh, public relations professionals? Uh, Jose, you want to start? Okay, I'll go ahead and start. Um, I'll kind of uh, do a couple of, uh, couple of uh, two things on uh, um, we appreciate and uh, having information, and uh, in many instances, um, I'll give you a couple of uh, couple of uh, anecdotes. Um, we have been approached as uh, let's say there's an event next week, and uh, someone is calling us just to provide that information and expect the Hispanic community to attend an event 
next week, and, uh, and uh, that is not going to happen. <laughs> Even if we were daily, and uh, things have to uh, mature, have to be prepared, um, that that would not happen on any any community. And uh, even if there is an event that takes place on a periodical basis, and uh, you could advertise that on a on a kind of a, on, a, on a week uh, prior, um, but if it's something new and you expect a new demographics to attend those events or to know about a certain uh, organization, it is not. It's going to be a long more. It's going to be a relationship, and, and it's going to be more time. So we have been approached, Anna, and I have to be. be in our community, because in many instances we have been told, no, Hispanics are not interested in this, or Hispanics they are not interested, they, they are not attending. But it's not a matter of uh, putting together a kind of a, 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 a piece of information and give that, giving that to us in a, in a very short notice. It's not going to work. So a, a relationship, and on that we appreciate, we receive uh, quite a few things. I, I, I have to say that in many instances we receive more things at the national level than at the local level, and, um, and I encourage all of you to, to send us. On the other hand, I'm also the publisher, so I have to, uh, we have to be, uh, <laughs> we have to be in business. Um, and, uh, and some companies have used uh, public information uh, as a way or uh, of advertisement. So um, for us, <laughs> we are not. Uh, we, 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 we appreciate sending us that information, but uh, you cannot expect us to be putting that on a half page or half or full page. We will access and uh, take that information for us to uh, put together our our articles, but it's not going to be on a, <laughs> on a, 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 as a half page or a full page. So we all have a job to do, <laughs> uh, and we understand what your job is, and I hope that you understand what we have to do. It depends on the story. You know, I think that you guys are all doing a great job sending emails. I recognize a lot of your names from the emails. Um, putting faces to those names is great. Um, I find it tremendously helpful. Um, it's a little much when an email has just hit set, you just hit send, and then I get a call saying, did you get the email? That's a little aggressive, um, just because we haven't even had time to process what's even in the email. Um, but again, I understand you have a job to do. Um, I think overall what I am noticing, and I think it's just you need to know your outlet and your reporters, there's sort of a paranoia or a sense of distrust that reporters are just out to get you, and, and I don't know that that's always the agenda. I'm not saying it's not sometimes. For me personally and my outlet, we're not, WHYY is not going for that. Um, and I think if you know that about the program and the types of things that we do, um, investigative is not necessarily what we're gunning for all of the time. Um, and I think that would be helpful if you can, this might, will probably create more work for you, but if you can tailor your pitches to the affiliate and the reporter, you know, a reporter on a day of deadline is gonna, and not to be rude, but they're just gonna say, I need to talk to this person now and I need this answered. Um, and it's not an out to get you sort of thing, it's just you just need to get your story and meet your deadline because you're moving on to something else. You know, longer form, I might be able to give you more lead time um, depending on whether I'm doing a TV story or a web story or whatever, but um, 
you know, in more, I, I would say in more cases than not, it's more of just you're just trying to do your job, get your story, your answers, question, or your questions answered, and it's not all about getcha journalism. Mm -hmm. um, so that that's sort of like my take on it. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I agree with Shirley and the fact that knowing your outlet and knowing what reporters do, what can really pay off. Uh, I do a lot of a lot of a lot of people send me pitches because I am assistant news director, which is totally fine. But then I resend them out to other people on my staff who I think it might be better for. For example, uh, Tom Lehman on our staff produces a weekly health feature. I don't know how many in the room know that. I know some of you do, Haran and a couple others. And that's kind of the, if it's for health, I'm going to send it to him. And I always say it's for his consideration because I'm not telling him he has to do this story or that he that he should do this story. I'm just saying, you know, read this. It's being pitched. And if you're interested, here's how you contact these people to do it. Um, so I do spend a lot of my time kind of sending those things out to people like that. Uh, Peter on our staff produces a technology feature, uh, so same thing with him. I'm kind of sending that out. Um, Andrew Scroy on our staff produces a segment on transportation and road, it's called Road Scholar. Um, so so I, I do spend a lot of time kind of parsing those things out to people that I think it might be more appropriate. Um, so I welcome all of you to kind of, and ask me questions about who on my staff does what or how we can better help. Um, another thing that can be kind of pivotal to our coverage is the video aspect of stories. Uh, we are, you know, one woman and one man band reporters with small video cameras going out, and we look for visual elements to storytelling. Um, if, and it's not to say that we're not going to come to an event that just has somebody speaking up at a podium. If it's an important issue, of course, we're going to be there. But if you've got a visual story element, there's a bigger chance that we're going to want to invest the time that it would take to send a camera, to send a reporter, and to really, really go into it and cover it and show our video, show our listeners and our viewers on WDEL.com what they didn't get to see because they weren't there. Um, we also really appreciate the opportunity to talk to people who are affected by what it is that you are pushing or saying. Uh, for example, if there's a change of sorts coming at one of your businesses. Maybe, I'm not saying your CEO is not the best person to talk about it, but who's gonna be impacted by that change at your business? Those are the, those are the, the real voices I think that our listeners really wanna hear. Um, and I agree, email is probably the best way to always reach me. I try to respond to, to most emails. Um, or text is actually another really good way to try to get me really quickly. Um, it's hard to answer the phone. One reason, my cell phone doesn't ring in the newsroom because the radio cell tower eats all the, the cell phone signal. So if you think I'm ignoring you, I'm probably not. I'm either covering something or my cell phone actually doesn't ring there. Um, and then if you try to catch me in the office, I'm typically not there because I'm, you know, roving around. So email and text are probably the best way to try to get me. There's a couple of themes I'm hearing here. Uh, one is don't take it personal mm -hmm. if, they, uh, if they don't get back to you. Two, don't call Amy because her phone doesn't ring in the newsroom. <laughs> uh, and three, uh, doing your homework, getting to know uh, the reporter uh, who could potentially be covering that story. Uh, so research and not just throwing stuff up against the wall at anybody 
um, am I am I on the right track here? Mm -hmm. uh, we'll go a long way toward helping you to, to get the message out about your respective uh, companies or organizations. Chris? Yeah, I funnel a lot of emails. That's prime, That's a big part of my job is putting the pieces, you know, putting the emails in the right reporter's hands. I would say Newshook is probably the most important thing to me. I think blanket press releases probably don't resonate with me. I want to have... I value enterprise, I value original reporting, and the idea that this is being sent to everyone else. Um, I don't want to do a story that everyone else is doing. I want to do my own story. So um, if you put high up that there's some news hook, if you're representing a client that has something with uh, vehicle safety, or uh, let's say we're doing a story about a bunch of break-ins in Hocus or Pike Creek, we're much more likely to go pick up that press release about the client you're representing um, vehicle security because we're thinking, oh, we're going to do this story in the future, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So if you see a news trend, excuse me, and then you're representing a client, it's much better to pitch it that way, hooked to a news event than, hey, that, you know, whatever. <laughs> Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Impact. So do you all know what we're talking about when we say impact? How does this impact your, I'm going to use constituency, or your customers or the folks that you serve? Do you know what we're talking about, what they're talking about with regards to impact? So to review, um, Habitat for Humanity uh, serves uh, low-income and working-class families looking for the opportunity of home ownership. So they may not, that those are the folks that we serve, but the folks that we're trying to impact are the people who uh, have an association with the organization or potential donors. So by, by showing what we're doing for these, these low-income and working-class families, we're able to make a connection and develop and uh, present that human interest. Human interest. Any questions so far? Allison? When we um, send press releases, a lot of times we're now, it's suggested now that we include video clips or include photos. Do you use that kind of stuff at all, or is it just like logs that from getting through your firewall? Or... Um, it, it depends, I would say. Um, <laughs> if it's good, we'll use it. Uh, no, it's, uh, it depends. I mean, it, we'll look at it, and then we'll get back to you, hopefully, about whether we're going to use it. Because ideally, we would have some questions about that photo and video. Um, for for the web, we're more likely to use probably a photo than a video, if only because uh, the video, it has to fit specific parameters to fit into our system, and if we have trouble downloading it, we're probably not going to keep trying, and, um, and, if, and if we're really committed in that way, we probably set up a time to come shoot it ourselves. Um, so I would say not the video so much as maybe a photo, but a photo is definitely appreciated if, you know, maybe we get the speaker by telephone or somebody impacted by telephone, and then we just need that visual aspect with the story. Yeah, I agree. You know, for, for web stories that we'll publish, the photo is tremendously helpful. I mean, at our at WHYY, our staff can be limited on certain days depending on when pledge hits. And if I can't get out to an event or a reporter can't get out to an event, at least we can provide coverage with a picture. Um, that helps uh, for the web purpose, but if we are going to be, if it's going to be incorporated into a larger story for TV, then obviously we'd send our own shooter and, and a reporter out, and we wouldn't need the video as much as the photo. Uh, we are kind of, kind of in the same boat, and uh, uh, the, uh, the picture works best. 
Uh, the video could be a little bit on a, uh, maybe too much of a commercial sometimes, and uh, we may not use it. And uh, for us to be uh, screening through all the emails, if it has a video on top, it's going to be very, very hard to, uh, to look at. Unless there is an issue that uh, we are working on and uh, that may contribute. But in that case, probably establishing that relationship and, uh, and uh, uh, we may be asking you and in, in the course of the conversation that you have that video if we are interested and uh, bring that to us. But uh, initially to send that to us and as a video may, may not be the best way as well. Okay, so <clears throat> some in the room might not might not be old enough to remember these days, but there was a time when you know, we used to think through, okay, the print media goes to press at this point, uh, the TV people need to have their stuff uh, in time for the six o'clock news or whatever. Radio was great because you know, it was always on. Um, but these days, you know, you're all talking about you know, doing web story, you know, getting out faster and faster. Are the days of embargoing just done and over with now? You know, it used to be, you know, you'd, you'd send out the advanced stuff and say, all right, now, you know, this event is actually going to be happening here, so please don't print anything until then, or, you know, is it kind of free-for-all these days? Well, embargoes are tricky. I mean, I, I, maybe this is a secret, but I tell my reporters to try to call you and break the embargo early because I don't want to wait around for that content. <laughs> and, uh, um, and I, I suspect they do as well. So um, the, the whole the news watch never stops. I mean, we're in a cycle 24 hours a day. We're expected to update content through. So um, I don't know how to answer that. The embargo is probably fading away, I would imagine. Um, when you send out something that says embargoed, there is also an understanding that we're going to honor that. But that's, that's kind of tricky because we, we have that information. I'm in the business to get information out the door. I, I'm not going to volunteer randomly to agree I'm going to hold back. So that doesn't answer your question. But I think the, the embargo is going away. I, I would tend to agree. And I think that one of the things that also can be tricky with an embargo, so we, like you two, are trying to you know find that information out from somewhere else if we can. But so say it, a, a time comes when we're busy doing something else and we see something that says embargo, and then they're working really hard to try to break it, and we see it on the front page of the paper in your events at 11. We're like, mm, do, we need, do we need to be there now? It's old and we're old, so why would we come? I would say yes, the, I agree the embargo is kind of going away and I'm like why why even do this, you know, what's the point? I mean it, it just gives, it, but that means that we respect the embargo at WHYY, it's sort of a, hey did you see the embargo and, and we're not, um, you know, obviously going to violate that sort of confidentiality, but um, yeah, I just kind of think what's the point of it? And I think a lot of more reporters, at least at HYY, are sort of in that same mindset. Um, yeah, kind of the same thing. We've seen very, very few, and are probably coming from uh, a, from a, a federal issues, and uh, they, they make an embargo. It is a nice thing sometimes because we are uh, learning about something that is coming up so we can prepare ourselves. Uh, but uh, it's now, since you can schedule things to uh, be suited to all of us at, some, at the time you want, and that's not making much sense. Right? What about off the record? Is there such thing? Well, and as we receive all the record information all the time, <laughs> and uh, that, that is ourselves. And, uh, and, and yes, uh, uh, whether it's an. Uh, one-to-one -one and an email or a... 
Sure. I mean, for me, it's insane. Um, if you if you tell me it's off the record, then absolutely, I will respect that. Again, I'm I'm just I'm not that reporter who's out to get you. And I, God bless all the other investigative reporters and the people who can go out and do that. I'm just not that person, and that's not really what my job requires me to do. So off the record still flies with me. Um, you don't say off the record, then it's fair game. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, I, I respect what you're telling me off the record. Uh, if there's a way for me to, as always, independently confirm it and not involve you, then that's one thing. But I mean, if you tell me that it's off the record, your name is definitely out of it. Uh, I think there's a distinction between off the record and on background. I think on background means I'm going to tell you about something in the most generic sense that something's happening. Off the record means you cannot cite this unless you come back to me and say, is this now on the record? It's a game that I think maybe not in day-to-day um, PR it's, it comes up, but it comes up a lot with government. It comes up, up a lot with police. It's kind of a dangerous area. If you're going on and off the record, do we say we're off the record here? Are we on the record? I try to have reporters, and me as a former reporter, we try to get people to go on the record as much as possible so we're all above board and ethical. I'm going to ask a question of Jose. Uh, Jose, can you talk to us about um, what you said earlier and that the Hispanic community and Oye in Delaware has, um, by and large, been sort of left out. Um, I don't mean to use such a harsh word, but um, left out of the whole communications, um, public relations, uh, back and forth. Uh, can you talk to us about the connection that uh, can be made uh, among, uh, between us and uh, your readers uh, that are sort of viewed as lost opportunities. Would you, would you say there's some truth in that? Uh, yes. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be answering this question, but uh, on our way here we were talking about and, uh, and this is something that has been going on since we started the newspaper 20 years ago. I mean, we see some campaigns that are being uh, invested money, uh, public money that is paid by all of us into whatever a health campaign is being translated into Spanish and uh, with thousands of dollars being spent that. But when it comes to uh, that campaign reaching the public, that stays in uh, three posters that uh, they, they make up spend 500 or $1,000 to the printer. That information is never been uh, published in any of our Hispanic media and um, doesn't reach the public. And, uh, but it, it has been already um, uh, funded and uh, it is out there. Um, somehow it is not transpiring into, into the public via our, uh, our media. I don't know if that is, uh, but uh, and, uh, that is one of the examples that uh, we have been, and, uh, uh, we have been uh, dealing with. Also kind of an kind of interesting side note and uh, um, we were last week in uh, Washington having the legislative uh, summit, and for the first time, we were a black media and Hispanic media joining forces at the national level. And uh, it was very, very interesting because some of the things that uh, we have seen in Hispanic media, they are the same issues that black media has had and uh, for years, for years. And uh, we have been left out of the game in many instances, and uh, we have been ignored. And uh, we are joining forces just to uh, just to uh, to uh, to claim our our territory. 
send releases to you if they don't seem to have a relevance specifically to the Hispanic community. Is that appropriate, or should I? I just I don't want to overwhelm you with things. I try not to send things that are not relevant to to certain outlets. I would say, and uh, I mean, at the end, uh, we are Hispanics, and uh, we are first generation. Um, but uh, there are quite a few here in the state of Delaware that are of the second, third generation, and we are embedded everywhere. Um, and some of us, and uh, as uh, as the time passes, we may not even we may not even realize that we are Hispanics. I would, I would invite you to send us everything. Uh, we appreciate someone uh, who was asking us, uh, do we have to translate them uh, into Spanish? In some instances, I would say probably no. You send, this in, send them in English and copy us like everybody else. We are not a soup world. <laughs> in a, we are not in a, in a, no, we are here, we're in Delaware, we are here to stay. So keep us informed like everybody else. Mm -hmm. different media and uh, I'm, I'm probably uh, the, 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 what I'm sensing that may go more with a, with a economics and a, a publication more than ours um, the same thing that is if it is something related to someone it is not having a media for horses the same thing as a media for boats so uh, if you have, have something related to boats send that to, to the body I'm not saying that if it's it only send us things that have a, a Latino newspaper, a Latino name. No, 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 no. no. Uh, but if it's general uh, public information, and uh, keep us on the loop. If it's something more probably uh, like a, a, a but even if, uh, if it is, uh, you may have a, a person that you are, um, uh, that you are, um, that is uh, racing through the ranks and you want to uh, make everybody aware, please send that to us like you, you send everybody. Uh, we talked about, oh, sorry. Jose, my question is also for you. Um, what are your newest priorities for your audience? And are there specific areas that, that you're focusing on right now? Um, probably we try, we, we tend to, um, to, to, to have a positive uh, look into uh, a twist into what we put on our newspaper because uh, everything else is, it has a negative uh, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the uh, established media and so for that. And, uh, we Hispanics, we are currently there if we commit a crime in many, many instances or we have done something bad, but if one of us or one of our kids has done, done something outstanding, uh, sometimes it's overlooked. So that is a tremendous opportunity to, for us to showcase that. Thank you. You guys have, um, I'm a fellow at Hoppe, so a non-profit, and we do a lot of fundraising events, different events, some of you guys have been um, grand opening. Is it suggested on when to send out what having an event? Um, is it, you know, typically it's, oh, I've learned it's always been a two week lead time, you know, but with the dailies, with the monthlies, it, is it more appropriate to give you more time, less time, will the emails get lost? <coughs> it's a great question. 
I would say for us, again, it's a know your outlet uh, sort of situation. Um, like for example, um, I'm gonna put Dave on the, the, the spotlight here. Um, so he had sent out a release about a choice bus coming in town. Um, and we, because I would have loved to have done a TV story on it, um, but for me, I would have loved that like three weeks early, two weeks early. Um, and and on Twitter, maybe you could have reached out to me. It, what, what ended up happening was a coworker got it and then he forwarded it to me, but I missed the Wilmington uh, Choice Bus Tour and then I couldn't get a photographer for any of the other downstate um, appearances. So I just couldn't even do the story at that point for the TV angle. Um, I, I would say though, with a past in um, commercial TV, uh, where you do do a daily newscast, a two week lead time is not gonna help. I mean, that's something that you would send the night before and maybe the morning of, um, and I, maybe DL's the same way, I won't speak for Amy, but that, that's sort of my experience with the day of news of it. Um, where I am now though, for something visual that has a good story or hope to it, me personally, I would need like two weeks just to coordinate all our moving parts. Um, for uh, I mean I've got no problem with if you wanted to send up send it out like a week in advance just to kind of like put it on the radar and then if it crosses we can put it on the uh, agenda for that day that day book um, but that said I'm not going to know if we're coming probably until that morning um, I get a lot of calls like three or four days out before events saying like are you coming to this are you coming to this and my answer is I don't know because all it takes is one reporter calling out sick and that changes my entire day plan for the day um, so I, I'm not going to know the answer to your question until that email goes out from our news and programming director which I just got like 10 minutes ago so to give you guys a good idea that was around 9 a.m. so that's kind of when I know what our day plan is that said if your event um, and anything anything could happen there could just be breaking I could say I'm coming and then there could be breaking news and the plan might have to change um, so you can send it out a week in advance you can send it out two days before but it's going to come down to what's going on that morning or that day uh, surrounding your event I would say uh, week before and then day before so do both <laughs> uh, what about time of day is there like a bad time during the day to send a story um, you like in the throes of reporting out the, the day's news or are you not even in the building at certain times? Can you talk to us about if there's a, 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 a particular time of day when uh, you're probably wasting your time, if that's even a thing? Um, mornings are rough and afternoons slash evenings are rough. So the answer is probably lunchtime. So when you're kicking back, Oh yeah, when I have that long break, that's what I do. <laughs> I don't know if there, I mean, between, for me, four and six is our afternoon drive, so that's our busiest time, and if you want your news to, to be in the news, so to speak, I would need it before then, theoretically. Um, nobody likes to, to rush during the biggest part of their day, so to speak, but it's what we do. So, I mean, it's, it's news. If it's big news, it's going to get in PM drive, whether you send it at 3.55 or whether you send it at noon. Um, we're going to probably find a way to get that in. Um, so, I don't know if there's a, 
a bad time, so to speak. I'm not a super early morning person, so if you're trying to reach me at like 7 a.m., it's probably not gonna happen. Um, just me personally, but there are other people on our staff who are working at 7 a.m., uh, so that would probably be a better better fit for them. Um, WHYY, it doesn't matter. We uh, emails anytime, all day, all night, whatever. And well, we'll, we'll check it when we check it, and it'll be fine. <laughs> well, like Leon sent an email last night at 8:30. I thought that was actually very helpful because I check my email right before bed to make sure. Not that I was going to bed at 8:30, but well, sometimes I do. <laughs> anyway. Nobody with two kids. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes I accidentally fall asleep at 8:30. But um, you know, I'll check my email and I just look at what's going on for the next day. So I find that to be pretty helpful. But I mean, that's just that's very specific to me. So HY, where HYY is concerned, it, we don't care about the time. Um, for us, kind of our answering the previous question, and is we covering the entire state of the hour for us is very we need very limited resources, so we we won't be able to attend a lot of events that are scheduled throughout the uh, throughout the day. Um, so uh, we will concentrate and we'll have to prioritize those events that are, may have relevance and, uh, from our stand uh, view. Uh, from our uh, view. Um, and as far as any time of the day, we can receive them in uh, any time. And uh, the only thing that, uh, and, uh, and I, I've been fighting a little bit, and uh, when people call me at 5 o'clock on Friday, expect us, expecting us to be on an event at 10 o'clock on, on Saturday. So to me, it's telling me that I was the last priority of the week, and my readers are the last priority. And I've been very vocal about telling that person that. Oh, really? How does that conversation go? <laughs> <laughs> Last night. Um, I said. mean, 10 o'clock for today is fine. Um, and uh, it is not enough, but you are sending me, but, uh, but we have been on that, on those shoes, and uh, sending me something for a remind, as a reminder for the next day. And at 5 o'clock is great, or at 30, and that is great. Calling me the first time on, 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 a, on a Friday at 5.15 for an event that, that is going to be happening at, uh, the next day, and uh, also as a way to uh, be sending that to our readers, I think it's a very disrespectful. Wow, disrespectful. If I may, I mean, that's, that's real. That's real. You know what else that tells us? That journalists are people, and they have feelings. <laughs> and and I, I mean this in the, most, in the most serious sense. I mean, Jose, he raises a very real issue. Why should I publish your stuff if, you're gonna, if I'm going to be an afterthought? I have more people around me who send me things, and I'm a priority, so I'm going to give them priority. So that's a real thing, and I appreciate you being being straight up about that because that's it, it is it, it's it can impact it can impact your uh, your your uh, your ability to get published in that particular publication. Okay. So a couple of you have already indicated that you know in your decision making process, do we cover this? Do we not? You're, you're sort of like, oh, well, you know, the other outlet already has it, so it's old news, so we're not going to bother kind of thing. Am I reading that correctly? Uh, and I guess the, the, the question is, could we end up shooting ourselves in the foot if, you know, we do a good job of, of putting something out on Facebook, Twitter, whatever, uh, you know, you kind of feel like, oh, okay, well, here's the press release about it, but, you know, it's, it seems like that news is already out there, it's already been shared you know, a million times by different people. Or, just continuing along that line a little further, 
Uh, so, you know, WDEO runs the story about your organization, and you go, okay, great, we get that out there, you know, and, and then News Journal looks at that and says, oh, well, you know, they've already, you know, the, the, the organization is now posting the WDEO version, so why, why should we even bother posting anything? Is that, I, I'm trying to get a, a feel for the, the thought process. Yeah, I don't, it's a kind of a moving target. I don't, oh yeah, I should use this. Um, and the, I don't know what the algorithm is. I know what you're asking, but so if DEL beats us, if it's a good story, we'll come back and we'll find a new hook. And whether or not you provide that is, you know, doesn't matter. But if we really like that story, we're like, well, we got to get into it in a different way. Then we'll do that story. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So in some ways, the whole what you just asked is almost doesn't matter. If it's a good story, we'll do it no matter what. Do you communicate, I'm sorry, you want to say I just wanted to say, and I think kind of where that question came from might have been part of that embargo kind of discussion too. And I think it really, what I kind of said there, only kind of implied with the embargo because like we were planning on going to an event that you had put out there and then we see it and we're like, oh, okay. Um, but yeah, I think if, if it's a good story, it's definitely going to get coverage. And, and, and for us, and uh, if, I mean, it, it is, uh, we may have a little bit of a different uh, readership and uh, followers, so even if it's the same thing, and uh, I, I appreciate it, uh, that you said that to us, uh, because we may even put it in Spanish, if we, if we think that, uh, that that goes to the older Hispanic population, or in English, if it, if it goes to the younger population. How do you feel about Sure. Oh, no, I just, I'm holding you it. You just, like, hold the microphone. <laughs> um, how do you feel about, first of all, do you all have uh, social media accounts that are public? Yes. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, are you, do you have any objections to, or are you put off by um, PR pros who, uh, who have access to that? Because my question is, uh, how open and how welcoming would you be, uh, and do you even communicate with sources uh, via social media? Yes, yeah, we do. And I don't mind if I'm approached by PR folks on okay. social media. That's great. Yeah, mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah, completely agree. Great way to reach me. Okay. Yeah. I have a question. Um, sorry, it's a little long. Um, I work at the Brandywine Conservancy and Museum of Art. So I've got the environmental side. We work to protect the water quality quantity of the Brandywine, which is the drinking water supply for Wilmington. And we have art exhibitions. So very briefly, Chris was written by a reporter and Amy to cover art exhibitions. What was that last, was part? The last part? The last Do you part, cover yes. art exhibitions? Because Shirley's been very generous to us, and Jose, I need to reach out to everyone. <laughs> We, we do cover art exhibitions. Um, we would want video, we would want the opportunity to shoot video of it to make that a visual story for us. Um, so video would have to definitely be part of that. Typically what we would want to do is cover it before it opens to the public so that we can say, you know, here's a sneak peek. Um, and those sorts of stories, they work great, A for video, B, they're great, um, like here's what's coming up this weekend and we could kind of feature it that way. Um, so we've definitely covered them in the past and it's not off the table and it can, it, some of it just comes down to you know what are the staffing levels like or and with those sorts of stories I wouldn't even mind a little bit of an advance reach out just to like so we could try to plan that a little bit better. What was my what was the question again? Who, Do you have anybody covering the environment right now? Uh, Molly Murray is our environmental reporter but you're talking about events and things that can go to Betsy Price. No, no oh. I'm talking about things like um, 
Well, we do a lot of work, really, to keep the water clean. Oh, sure. It directly impacts the people who live, at least in the city of Wilmington and some of the other communities in Delaware. Right. So it might be that we have a tree planting that um, helps keep the sediment out of the water. We work with farmers up in the upper reaches of Chester County. Again, because we know that the sediments that go in there affect get filtered out at Wilmington. Sure. Mo Molly is your person. Okay. Right. Yeah, I actually work at a similar organization. And one of the things that I find most challenging is publicizing like milestones. Usually it's something like a report that comes out, for example, the State of the Bay report, um, or a 20th anniversary for the organization. Can you think of any examples in your past where you thought, wow, they really did a good job getting the news out there and getting us to cover that? And, well, first I want to respond to the, uh, respond to the previous question. Uh, yes, we do cover art. We think that is an integral part of uh, the development. And um, we may not, as first generation, especially when we are here as an immigrant community, arrive into a different country, you have other priorities, but once you establish or you cover those priorities, the art is an integral part on, uh, on the education. And uh, we do the same thing as Amy, and uh, if we could have that kind of a snap preview prior to us, uh, that'd be great, so we can go there, take a few pictures. The more time that you give us, the better, and uh, that way we can prepare ourselves. In reference to uh, any environmental issues, and I uh, guess we do appreciate, and, uh, and uh, we would like to uh, to be covering and, uh, uh, that, and uh, um, uh, that is a hot topic right now, right now, as far as the disparities in certain areas, like uh, where we have our office, may not be related at all. In, uh, in, uh, in Georgetown right now, our street was not clean at all, and uh, we have to complain. We pay taxes, and uh, we, we ask. And uh, with that comes other things, and uh, with, with that, and, uh, and uh, so I have to wonder if the water is not going to be the same coming to all of us, and uh, uh, what, what, is the, what is the reason why, why it's not. And, uh, and uh, to the other question, I'll, I'll, I'll let them. Can you repeat that question? I, I... Yeah. Well, you know, when it comes to something like an organization's anniversary or a major report that comes out every, say, five years, can you think of an example in your past where you thought, you know, they really had a great hook for that or they did a good job in getting us to come out and cover that? Oh, that's tough. Um, I uh, truthfully, I don't know that anniversaries mean something to WHYY um, uh, unless it was like the hundredth anniversary of you know the Food Bank of Delaware, and then the Food Bank ended up giving away it's like. 300 millionth can or something. I mean, that's something I can see. I, I don't, a can of food. I, I don't know that um, if a big, what I can tell you is what would, I think, get coverage is if there was a big report that came out and maybe you pulled out like three really big points in that report that were sort of, that you thought were newsworthy and and then that was then sent in an email like, hey, this huge report came out on the health of the Delaware Bay, and this is what it found, and this is a recommendation. 
and maybe you can tie this into something larger, you know? I mean, for us, we're doing a, a, a water, a water we, we got grants uh, grant to do stories related to clean water. So that would be tremendously helpful to me because I don't have necessarily all day to like look at this report and read it page by page. I mean, if you could just give me sort of a synopsis or like the executive summary or something, then from there I can figure out you know, how to put my story together, if there is a story, and um, and then we can get the wheels moving from there. But just saying, you know, to me, hey, it's the 20th anniversary, and here's this report that came out, that doesn't help me. And I feel like something could get lost, because you just get so many emails that you really need to make your stand out, and I think that would help it stand out. I don't know if that answers your question. So when you asked your question, I started, I googled WDEL and company milestone just to see like what we had done on a topic like that. Not very much came up. We are more than likely not going to cover a company's anniversary. I saw a story about a, mo a major milestone being met with regards to recycling and Delaware ending its bottle tax, so the hook kind of was there. Um, but one example that I can think of, and it comes back to actually Jen with Delaware Hospice, uh, they were celebrating, I believe it was 30 years, Jen? Uh, yeah, last year, not, not too long ago. Um, and what we did was, to, to focus on that, I interviewed their longest serving volunteer who was retiring, and she was 90, and she'd been with the organization for 30 years. So that was a really good human interest feature way to hook in the fact that the company was celebrating or recognizing 30 years, but told from a perspective of someone who'd been there from the very beginning who was 90 years old. Uh, so that was one really good example I could give. Yeah, I, I can't think of any. I've only been here a year, so I'll, I'll plead that. Um, uh, I think human interest is probably the best way to get into an anniversary story. Just a passage of time, while important to the employees, is not that big of a news hook to the, the rest of the world. Um, yeah. We're almost out of time. Can I get you guys to do uh, just some quick final thoughts for the group? Um, uh, give us something to walk away with that, that we, that'll help us in our day-to-day -day from your perspective. Uh, news hooks, news hooks, news hooks. If you can peg something to a, an event or a trend happening in the world, that makes life a lot easier for us. We're much more likely to jump on a, uh, something if we know we can deliver to our audience, deliver to our editors, that sort of thing. Uh, email me, hit me up on social media, two best ways to reach me, and also be cognizant of the fact that the radio news cycle is a 24-hour cycle. If we can't come to that specific event, maybe we can set up a separate interview or maybe we can do something by phone and get a photo from you guys. There are ways to get your stories covered that don't revolve around one single planned event. It might require a little bit more work on your end in terms of meeting a sooner deadline or a later deadline, but there are ways to get things covered. Um, I would say, yeah, please email me. Um, you know, I guess, and feel free to come up to me afterwards, but just know the types of stories that I'm doing. Um, I do love human interest, pets, whatever. Just talk to me, and even if you don't know if it's a story, just email me or, or message me on Twitter or whatever, um, and then that's my job to figure it out. So you just send me the information, and I'll do with it what, what I can. Um, just some, I pulled some of the other reporters in our newsroom, so just some little helpful tidbits. Um, obviously, we're on deadline, most stories, um, so please don't call us back five days later. Um, 
uh, recently I had someone pitch me a story. I was really interested. I wrote back to set it up and nothing. So follow through. Uh, <laughs> um, and again, please just know the media outlet. I mean, WHYY is just a different beast um, than you know a lot of the day of daily news. Uh, newsroom. So um, there's just a lot of opportunity, I think, to get your story out there at WHYY. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, happening on this day. Sometimes we can take it and build it up to something bigger. So um, I would just encourage you to just send, send, send. And the same thing, keep us on the loop on everything. We may give you the different twist on that, depending on what is of interest to our uh, community. Take into account that uh, many of us are, have arrived and now we're first generation here. So uh, what a few things are not, we may take that opportunity as a way to inform and uh, to uh, of what's going on. And I think that uh, uh, people that uh, have been being here uh, hold their lives and uh, you may take for granted that could be a great opportunity for us to educate our market. All right, good stuff, eh? Good stuff? Shirley Mann, Amy Cherry, Chris Coates, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. Uh, just a quick plug, uh, your uh, Delaware uh, PRSA board is working on a, uh, a workshop on uh, video done easy how PR pros can put together uh, video clips. We talked about that a little bit earlier uh, in your pitches that'll help um, our friends in the media uh, see and not just hear or read about what's going on in your respective organizations. So be on the lookout for emails and correspondence on that uh, next month. Uh, for now, again, thank you. Let's uh, give our panelists another hand. this event. Uh, you guys go out, have a great day, have an even better week, and uh, we'll see you soon. And that'll do it for this edition of the Lubetkin on Communications podcast. We thank our friends at the Delaware chapter of the Public Relations Society of America for letting us broadcast the panel. We hope you enjoyed it and hope you got some valuable information from the media professionals on the panel. If you have comments or suggestions, write to me. The email address is steve at lubetkincommunications.com. We produce these programs in the studios of Professional Podcasts. It's a division of our Lubetkin Media Companies, based here in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, right outside of Philadelphia. And don't forget the book that Donna Papacosta and I have written about podcasting. It's called The Business of Podcasting, How to Take Your Podcasting Passion from the Personal to the Professional. It's available on the Amazon Kindle and also in trade paperback. More information at thebusinessofpodcasting.com. For everyone at PRSA Delaware and here at the Lubetkin Media Companies, this is Steve Lubetkin. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you out there on the net. Take good care.